Welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a life with respect, dignity, and fulfillment. But as we transition into elderhood, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much-needed answers to your questions. Now, here are Phyllis and Rubina. Hi, welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. This is Phyllis Amen. Hi, Robina. You're out there Hi. on the West Coast again. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Phyllis. So always so glad to be here with you, my co-host, Rubina. And we have a guest today that I just met last week, actually. So I'd like to tell you a little bit about James Lindsay. He's a very interesting guy. And um, I actually was presenting a... Um, a three-day workshop on communication and empathy in a nursing home. And I met James, who is a caregiver. He's a certified nurse's aide, but he is a very has a very interesting background. James is a musician as well, and he teaches meditation. And for over 20 years, he's been teaching a variety of meditation techniques to help people get get a feeling and experience of inner peace and helps them relieve stress. And after many years of meditation, uh, James believes that just being in the presence of somebody who practices medica- meditation can be um, stress relieving. And um, I'm sure we all can relate to some the expression, you could cut the tension with a knife. Uh, when there's a lot of tension in the room. So it goes without saying that if somebody is calm and peaceful, that helps promote a feeling of peace. So I want to introduce you to James Lindsay, and I'm looking forward to a great conversation about mental health and meditation and stress relieving and um, all of that great stuff. So hi, James. Welcome. Hi, thank you, Phyllis. I I appreciate this opportunity, and I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Oh, I'm so thrilled. And and like I said, we just met uh, last week, and the conversation that you and I had was just fascinating. So do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about your experiences with meditation and how it's helped you, uh, you know, achieve uh, this feeling of inner peace and how it's relieved stress and how you feel it helps others? Sure, sure. That's no problem. Um, I started meditating about 20 years ago. Um, um, really, I, I really started to meditate to learn how to relax and to um, just to achieve a higher state of dreaming at that time. Um, um, and so uh, at that time, I was reading a lot of books and learning a lot of different techniques and uh, just searching for the right uh, something, something to, uh, to go deeper, something to feel closer to life, something um, something that I can actually take with me. And I knew it was out there from reading so much material about it, uh, autobiography of the yogi, uh, the psychic explorer, different books. I've always talked about um, a serene feeling of peace uh, coming from meditation. So over the years, I've practiced many different uh, meditations. Uh, one of those uh, called the Flower of Life um, breathing technique. Um, with a man named Jumbo Melchizedek, um, and and just throughout the years, I've um, had some really amazing experiences, um, just from from learning how to still your mind, still your thoughts, still your emotions, um, and to be able to have uh, to experience a peace that's within, that's more profound than uh, anything you can ever believe but yet uh, to also carry it with you so that, uh, you know, in times of hardship and times of encountering negative people, you're better prepared and often uh, can help them without even knowing it. So you said uh, something interesting about breathing, and I've been doing a lot of reading about breathing, and there are different breathing techniques to help you achieve a sense of calm. And then this one person you told me about, and I read up on him, it's fascinating, which is uh, Wim Hof, correct? Did I say his name correctly? Correct. 
correct. And um, I mean, it's unbelievable what this man has achieved through what he believes is this breathing, particular breathing technique. He's overcome, I think it was he climbed Mount Everest barefoot and in shorts or something like that. Yes, he did, yes. And... um, and um, he swam in the Antarctic. I mean, all of these tremendous feats. And people are actually uh, doing research on this breathing technique of his um, and how it can help you physiologically overcome these um, obstacles, I guess you could call them, or uh, how it, you could change your physiology in a way. Would that be a correct right. way of saying it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, from what I understand, what he does is he oxygenates his uh, blood and um, and is able to purge out any virus or any bacteria that could be attacking his body. And, uh, you know, I guess there was a test where 13 people was injected with a virus just to see if his technique worked. And he was one of the 13, and he was the only one who did not get sick. Really interesting. And I... I... I'm sure we all have heard how if you have a positive attitude, it can help you fight off, um, you know, various illnesses. I know myself that when I feel myself starting to come down with a cold or something like that, I kind of tell myself, I will not get this cold. I don't have time for it. And I, I just refuse to get this cold. And more often than not, I don't. Right. Wow. So. Uh, it's a state of mind uh, that that also helps in addition to breathing, whether I meditate it or not. It's just this this positive state of mind. Would you agree with that? Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely, 100%. A positive and, uh, state of mind affects uh, everything, it seems. And then you said something else, and I read an article um, that says that stress can promote the acceleration of you getting gray hair. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I read that. Rubina, did you see that article? I sent it to you. No, I did not have an opportunity to read this, but this is uh, an excellent, excellent conversation and the, and the topic of relaxing breath and uh, peaceful mind. James, very nice to meet you. Uh, very Thank nice you, to Rubina. meet you. And I am, uh, if I may continue, Phyllis. Yeah, go ahead. I am. I have been introduced to the importance of breath through one of the other uh, speakers, Shabir, that we've had over the last few uh, weeks, uh, Phyllis. And I am trying to practice good breathing technique, and I'm not being successful. Where do I start? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, well. You know, for me, um, in the, for me, it was a. Uh, I had to make a point of really getting my mind in focus. So one of the one of the um, one of the things I would try was a uh, um, something called trada or candle gazing. Okay, where you would just light a candle and keep it at eye distance and just focus on it and allow your breathing to just relax. You know, take a couple of deep breaths and. If you, what you will notice is that when you, when your mind is still, your breathing will become deeper and become longer and more relaxed. And, and so in the beginning, I too would also struggle with, uh, centering my mind because, and my breathing. Um, so I had to develop different techniques to try to, uh, keep my mind still and the breathing would follow. You see? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. interesting. I I will work on stilling my mind as well because that also is a challenge for me. Although right. I have a question right. for you, James. I uh, my son had introduced me to this uh, meditation app called Headspace. Do you know it? No, I've no, I've heard of it though. So I uh, started doing it for a while, and what it says is that. Um, when your mind does wander, like, like, well, don't get stressed out about that. Let, let that, let that process happen in a way and just calmly bring yourself back because it's, it's a skill just like any other skill, um, meditation that is. 
uh, agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's been, okay, if if there's been times, let's say, um, you know, I just had maybe a death in the family or maybe a disagreement with someone I'm really close to, I have realized that uh, when I do go into meditation, my mind is just chatting away. And in a sense, I'm just kind of like a silent listener until it decides to just calm down and be quiet. Hmm. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. And, um, after, um, now, after now, and what, what I kind of discover for myself is that, um, you know, this world is so busy. This world is so fast paced and everyone thinks that you have to think in order to be smart and, you know, but no one ever knows, uh, the benefit of turning your mind off and just centering and just being and, and experiencing just a feeling of peace of just nothingness. And, uh, hmm. and it is really profound once you really understand, uh, you will, it's, for me, it was all I ever wanted was just to sit and be still uh, somewhere out in nature. Uh, James, really you, men- yeah, you mentioned lighting a candle and starting to glaze on it. Lead us into one of your practices to calm your mind. This is really an area of interest of mine, and I'm really trying to... Okay. To- Get somewhere, right, Phyllis? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. Um, yeah, so um, one of my techniques that I teach um, is, uh, is a technique where I always start my meditations off with a couple deep breathing, okay, a couple deep breaths. And then, um, you know, allow yourself to be still. Allow your mind... See, a lot of times, um, you see, it, you're not just stealing your mind. But remember, you're also stealing your emotions, your feelings, and your body. You know, so so you have to be kind of conscious of all of these things, and uh, and and to have them all aligned together. So one of the techniques that I do teach is, um, I I ask I ask my students to become a scene. It can be any nature scene. It could be a beach. It could be a forest. It could be, um, you know, anywhere out in nature. And just envision an empty beach with just the sand, the, the water, the sun, and the sky. And just breathe it in. Hmm. And just envision the peace and the stillness that's in that scene. Right? Hmm. And so as soon as a thought enters your mind, turn that thought into rocks in that scene. And until you're becoming still again. So every thought that enters your mind, turn it into the birds that are flying around. And just sit there and notice the birds. If another thought enters your mind, turn it into children playing, throwing a beach ball. Every thought that comes into your mind, put it into the scene, into something that you can just watch. Hmm. Until, until you can do this for a prolonged period and see, and, and see how long you can sit in this space of, of stillness and peace. Very, very interesting concept and a way of, I've never heard it described that way. Um, that I would imagine that does take practice. You know, we only have a couple of minutes left before we go to break, but I was, I was thinking, I was looking up something as we, you were speaking. And, um, so this one article I pulled up talks about the health benefits of, of breathing, meditative breathing. And I just want to uh, mention them before we go to break. So it says that uh, it, reduce, it reduces stress levels in your body. That, of course, we know it lo- can lower your heart rate, lower your blood pressure. It says in this article it, it can improve diabetic symptoms. I had never heard that. Uh, reduce wow. depression. Um Better manage chronic pain. That makes sense, right? Um, Right. Better regulate your body's reaction to stress and fatigue, which is what you said. And obviously reduce the possibility of burnout. And that would be especially um, critical, I would think, for people who are caring for others. Now, you're a certified nurse's aide, so you're a caregiver uh, not one-on-one, but do you think in the one minute we have to go before break, do you think that that has helped you get through the day and caring for people who are sick and frail and infirm? 
Oh, yes. It has it has done uh, more than that. It has helped me reach through the diseases, such as dementia, and um, and actually these people, the people feel me and connect with me, and uh, in more ways than I can ever imagine. Almost hmm. almost replying subconsciously to where these people have never had conversations, and they see me and feel me, and all of a sudden are with me for a second enough to help me get through the day with them. I have to say, Rubina, so I, as I said, I met James just last week, and there is this peaceful, calm, um, serene feeling that you get from him. And he's a, he's a tall guy with a great smile and it just, just exudes all of those feelings. And it does make you feel great being in his presence, but we're going to go to break. And when we return, we'll continue this conversation with James Lindsay about breathing and stress reduction and, um, how important it is for all of us. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Phyllis Amen, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of all of Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rabina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Guest James Lindsay on Relaxing Breath and Peaceful Mind. And James, thank you for sharing your, uh, your practices with us. My question for this segment is, how are you applying your methodologies for relaxing breath and creating peaceful mind in the environment, in the nursing home environment where, uh, where you're currently working? Okay, okay. Um, so after many years of uh, practicing and experiencing this uh, amount of love and peace and uh, just a feeling of being complete, um, when I go to work, I do believe that it uh, radiates from me. And everything that I do from patient care um, to just, you know, helping some, opening a door 
for so on. But it's a very stressful environment in a lot of these nursing homes. And it's a lot of stress on the employees, a lot of stress on the patients. And, um, you know, I often I can come into a situation where maybe a patient is very upset um, um, with the nurse or with the nurse's aide. And, um, you know, I can come in and just instantly calm them down um, just, with the, just with the tone of my voice, just without reacting to all the vibrations that you hear around you of all the hecticness, of all the loudness, but being able to just speak in a calm tone. Um, even when addressing patients, uh, when passing medications, when giving care, um, I have noticed that patients, you know, that once were very aggressive, uh, who lashed out and maybe have been abusive to the caregivers, no longer act that way at mm. all. Mm-hmm. So I was at least, uh, at least in my presence. I I, I was uh, talking to James about this the other day. Uh, many nursing homes are starting to bring in other more holistic types of um, activities, let's say. For instance, I know many facilities that bring in aromatherapy now because uh, that's proven that different scents uh, are calming. And they're doing Tai Chi in in nursing homes, which is a a form of movement, but it can be very uh, relaxing in a way. So I was wondering, James, do you think that that introducing some kind of relaxing breathing, um, not necessarily calling it meditation, but relaxing breathing would be helpful for for residents and also for their families who are stressed out by the situation that they're in, either because the loved one is there or because they're sandwiched between all their other responsibilities? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and also, we would probably bring uh, bring everyone together, you know, because we all can use a little stress reliever in this fast-paced, hectic world, you know. Um, you know, as far as uh, us um, breathing with the patients, um, maybe we can give them a sense of even more uh, connection, you know, because we're, you know, we're practicing something new. A lot of people probably have never experienced this, and the fact that we are all doing this together, you know, I'm, I'm sure it can, it can travel deep into, uh, into the minds and into the hearts and even to, into some of the people who do suffer from a lot of chronic illnesses. And they can learn to maybe manage their pain a lot longer before their required uh, pain uh, doses is, is required. I just thought of pain something medicine. as you're saying that. Have you ever actually... Well, I don't know if this is really allowable, so uh, that's part of the question, I suppose. But if somebody's mm-hmm. really having difficulty, have you ever um, just connected with them by holding their hands and and um, just encouraging them to take deep breaths or and breathe in any in a particular way? I mean, I don't know. Is that allowable? I, I'm, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, especially in emergency room situations. Uh, what family members, um, when I've worked in hospitals, um, I've, I remember those times when, uh, you know, a child gets rushed into the ER and a family doesn't have anyone there or maybe a mother doesn't have anyone there. And I'd be the one holding, you know, their hand, you know, uh, while, while the nurses and doctors are working. And, um, oh, yeah, very, very much so. Um, and even in the hospital I worked at in Texas, they went as far as teaching therapeutic touch which is basically mm. um, a form of um, healing, a form of pain relief, but it, where you don't uh, exactly touch the person, but you actually just um, center your energy and, uh, and, and take your hand and place it over the place of pain and, uh, and, and, and ask it and, and, uh, to, to release and feel it moving up. Um, That's like a Reiki. Yeah, I've done that, too. That's yeah, Reiki, like a right? Reiki, yeah. Right. And... Um, I remember going to uh, patients' rooms that had gunshot wounds um, who were just, uh, let's say, come back from surgery, who were on the call light looking for the nurse. And I was able to use this technique to take away the pain. I can go into what it feels like and stuff, but I could feel the pain being lifted. And this person was in tears because they, they mm. never believed in this stuff. And they've been waiting to get some relief. And I was at least able to take the edge off 
of the sharpness of their pain. And that happened mm. many times, even for police officers. I've done that mm. before. So, so this really has many beneficial effects, uh, applications, I should say. You just said police officers. I wonder if police academies teach this because... Um, I'm thinking in stressful situations, although people have to react immediately, um, wouldn't it be um, beneficial, let's say, as they're rushing to a scene to maybe take three or five breaths? I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm not prescribing anything. But it just entered my mind when you said that, that um, because it's a very tense situation and your adrenaline is flowing. And if you could take some deep breaths, it would probably help you focus, calm your mind and approach the situation maybe with less anxiety. What do you, what do you think? Right, right. Because, uh, you know, when you show up to these, uh, you know, no one wants to show up and be surprised. I mean, we're going to be surprised. But, you know, if you have this meditation card under your belt, you are more capable and more ready, more into the moment. And more, um, you say, you take the moment to relax, to make the right decisions, rather than making mistakes or fumbling or just being under the veil of surprise and being shocked. Um, you know, to be in a state of, of peace and, and fluidity, you know, to just mm. flow with emotions. Because a lot of times from meditation, answers will come because you are receptive. So your mind is not getting into the way. You know, especially in all these situations where you're rushed to a 911 call, your mind is rushing. You don't know what to expect. So, yes, it would prove very beneficial to be able to take just a couple minutes, center yourself, and get ready for the unknown. And so when you're sure. saying that about, oh, sorry, Rubina, I just wanted to make this sure. one point, Rush, you know, emergencies, it would be the same thing, like you said, in hospitals or nursing homes, you know, you get this, this code blue or an emergency call, it would be great at, to just take a couple of deep breaths just to center yourself. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Rubina, what were no, you no, wanting, no. What no, did you want okay. to say? No, this is uh, this is very interesting conversation. And of course, it has wide reaching benefits and implications and but i'd like to bring us back to the to the elders environment and um you know i'm envisioning this nursing home where you're working and one-on-one you've had this interaction what are some of the other ways unique ways that you think this uh this methodology can be incorporated. Now, Phyllis has alluded into it, you know, being part, making part of the training. And Phyllis, you may be in a, in a good place to introduce something like that. Uh, right. You know, I, I'm, I'm new to these areas and my mind runs crazy. And I find that <laughs> just the fact that we're sitting here and talking about it and even looking at the title, I'm finding myself that I'm breathing better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So part of it is just the awareness that you do need right. to, uh, you need to take deeper breaths. And how, how have you been able to incorporate that uh, in one-on-one, some you've shared, but in the larger population of your, your facility, let's say, what have been some of your success stories? Oh yeah. Well, I have, um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of success stories. Uh, one of them um, happens to be uh, a patient of mine who was uh, very uh, verbally abusive, extremely verbally abusive, and very physically abusive. Um, when I first started taking care of her, um, she would call me every name in the book. Um, um, after, I'm going to say, about uh, a year, you know, even when she lashes out at me, I still extend my hand to hold her hand to let her know that I'm here for her. And she will reach out and hold my hand and look me in the eye. And, um, you know, she might scream an obscenity <laughs> right after. <laughs> 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 but, um, you can definitely see the, the results. Um, many, many patients I go by every day, I know the ones who don't have family um, who really come in every day. And I do go out of my way to make sure to place a hand on the shoulder, to ask them, how are you doing today? Is everything okay? And this is something that you do every day uh, with maybe a new patient every other day uh, to the point where um, even the patients with dementia, they've come up with names for me 
uh, one calls me Bill, and and um, <laughs> and every time she sees me, she's like, "Is that Bill?" She's like, "Oh, there he is," and they know, and they know, and mm. and and uh, you know, just today I had another patient with dementia, you know, and that patient that calls me Bill, she says, "Oh, Bill, can she always asks me to get her stuff, and I get her whatever she wants, and she's very happy, and she eats, she likes sugar on her food, so I put a lot of sugar on her food, and she loves it, and then she eats, but even just taking the time." You know, before I even walked into the dining room, that patient was sitting there with food and not eating because uh, she wanted sugar, but she wasn't really asking for it. So I already mm-hmm. knew what she wanted. And there she goes. She's eating. Every day she eats her meals now. As long as she, you know, as long as someone just takes the time to give mm-hmm. her, you know, to, plant, to give her some sugar. You know. So I'm, I'm thinking... Um as as Rubina said, I'm thinking of the the wider application of this. Um, have you? Um, I happen to know that um, something about your building, right? And um, there's uh-huh. some there's interesting changes at the administrative level. Do you think they would yeah. be interested in in some kind of program? Let's say even for the staff. I mean, for people who would want to. Um, maybe five minutes a day at break time or something, just to see if it had any uh, beneficial effects for them individually and in the performance of their job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just just having the awareness, you know, as we're speaking right now, you can already so do you feel, think he, So uh, do you just, think your administrator would go for it? I, I would think so. I would. I would think so. Have you discussed you know, it? You were just Have you, there. You, I was just um, there. No, no, but yeah, you were just there with the with the greatest in service I think I've ever seen about empathy, and um, I don't think anyone has ever even thought about empathy as being a form of uh, intelligence, and that okay. and that's the way I view empathy as being a form of intelligence, and I think you brought a great great amount of awareness to a lot of people. And, um, you know, and let's keep it going. Let's see, let's see where we can go. It's a, it's a brilliant start. So, so the reason I brought this up is because I tried some exercises in, in some of what I was doing and some were more successful with some people than other empathy is by the way, a difficult topic for people, but I'm, I think I might contact your administrator and, and suggest it. Um, you think there would be people, um, on the staff that might be interested because that how, that's how that could grow. I'm thinking about what Rubina said that maybe because I have some, um, connections to uh, providing programming, maybe this would be an idea and we could see what benefits it could have. Right, right. And, and, um, yes, and I could tell you from my own experience, I've encountered nurses who are quite the opposite of the peaceful meditator, who are quite the frantic, worrisome mm-hmm. beings. And I have seen the patients react to them adversely all the time, you know, as compared to someone who just comes with a calm demeanor. But a lot of people are uh, scatterbrained and not trained as well in in the art of silencing their cells, silencing their mm-hmm. mind, and giving, you know, that moment for that patient or that person to express how they're feeling, express what, you know, what's going on with their life. So it would benefit greatly. I mean, I think it's uh, most people aren't so aware of it. So this is right. something to, to really explore. I can say that Rubina, I don't know, inside, but Rubina has a very calm exterior. And um, I said, okay. I don't know about the inside. I'm not so sure. Uh, that might be questionable, Rubina. But but because of her calm exterior, uh, I know myself that when I talk to her sometimes about some things, that she brings a calmness inside me. So I could certainly experience that coming from another person. I think it would greatly benefit many people um, certainly residents who experience a variety of anxiety just by being in a nursing home. Right, right. And and just like you experience the, the calmness, the people with a lot of anxiety have a way of, um, you know, uh, shedding off their anxiety to others. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden other employees are anxious. Not a lot, mm. you know, just not the patients, but other people are, you know. Mm. And, and you, you can see the whole domino effect um, from people 
um, you know, with, um, with, you know, with anxiety and with different, um, you know, behavioral, mm -hmm. um, issues, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we have about a minute left by the James, way. James, I think you and Phyllis are at the forefront and, and you have the right platform, this nursing facility to, promote this further and we at Voices for Elder Care Advocacy will definitely continue to talk about it and uh, I am a practitioner and so Phyllis we will talk in the next segment. segment. Now how can people get in touch with you? Are you in the public okay, sphere? I am um, just now starting um, to come out um, though, as right now I teach at a store here in Buffalo, New York uh, 483 Elmwood uh, Street, Buffalo, New York, uh, 142216. It's called Inspiration Point. Um, and also, I have an email, um, which is uh, Jimmy Ames, J I M M Y A I M E S, at iCloud.com. Um, and currently, uh, the other platform I have is just Facebook, um, where it's just my name, James B. Lindsay where um, I do document a lot of my uh, positive energy, positive experiences. That's terrific. So we're going to go to break. And thanks so much, James and Rabina. You and I will continue the conversation and um, hopefully begin our own relaxation practices. Thank you. And we will be back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy very shortly. what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Phyllis Heyman, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rabina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Welcome back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Rubina, wasn't that a fascinating conversation with James Lindsay about breathing and mindful breathing and stress relieving and relaxation? Yes, and I'm feeling relaxed and I'm trying to breathe in and, and relax and take and be of at peace in my mind and you can carry on with the show now 
<laughs> Actually, you know, there is a breathing technique. I came upon a couple of them. And then I wanted to ask you about your fit and fun uh, program that I think you started today. But there are a couple of breathing techniques that I came across. One is called the 478 breathing technique. And uh, in order to use it, you focus on the following breathing pattern. You empty your lungs of all of the air. Then you breathe in quietly through the nose for four seconds. You hold your breath for a count of seven seconds, and then you breathe out for a, um, like a count of eight. That's one of them. Uh, well, actually I know two. Another one is where you just breathe in for a count of five and then breathe out for a count of five, exhale for a count of five without any interruption. It's like a wave. So it's like in and out. It's, it's very calming. I've tried it. Mm, and um, the other one is that you hold one uh, side of your nose. You close one nostril. You breathe in through the nostril that's open. Then you switch and you close the nostril that you, you, know, you were breathing in through. You breathe out through the other nostril. Then you breathe in through that nostril that's open and you reverse and you go back and forth. You do it several times. It's supposed to be very relaxing and it oxygenates your body because we really don't get the full benefit of the air that we breathe in. We really aren't breathing very deeply. We think we are, but we're not. And when you use these techniques, you're really oxygenating your entire body and and all of your cells. It, and that's where the healing comes in. But you want to talk about your fit and fun? I think you started today, right? Yes, it, uh, yes, it did, Phyllis. Um, there are, I believe, 12 of us that uh, enrolled in the program. It's led by Sophia Ghani, our uh, uh, fitness trainer, and also the uh, program coordinator for South Orange County Live, Learn, Thrive program. And all weekend, she's been preparing us and getting us ready. And uh, she sent us a meal plan, an exercise plan, and she's buddied us up. So there are two uh, people in each group. And uh, we have a group chat, and everybody's sharing their uh, meal plans. And it's really a nice community. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the first day. Cool. And, well, you're only uh, at day one. <laughs> we're only at, I'm only at day one and I'm traveling in a couple of days. So, so I will do my best. But, you know, to come back uh, and, you know, to along the same line, you know, we've spoken with Shabir Mansuri over the last uh, few weeks and you met him. And he talks very much about the breathing and the impact that has had on his health and uh, that one third one third, one third, that one of third of a bodily nutrition comes from breathing and from the air, and one third comes from the water, and one third comes from the food. Right. Uh, so we're really being, uh, you know, I would the word bombarded is coming with this information, and I hope that some of it, if not all of it, will stick, and we will become practitioners of. Uh, mindful breathing, peaceful mind, relaxing breath. And I'm certainly walking this walk as we're going through it. Oh, that's terrific. Um, I think you said, I like the way you said that mindful, what did you say? Mindful, um, mindful breathing, peaceful mind. What did you say? It was, I like, I don't know. I didn't know you were going to ask me to repeat. We'll have to go back and listen to the (laughs) recording because (laughs) I was just so, you know, I was just before I was practicing the, the three breathing uh, techniques that you shared. And I found that I was more able to do the one where you close one nostril. Mm-hmm. And why that is, I don't know, but maybe because it involves more senses, maybe it involved the touch and my I was just going to say. And, and it made me be more conscious, conscious. of it. And, and also because you're, you're changing something that you normally do. So you're really focusing on the fact that you're closing off one nostril, only breathing through one, then switching. It's almost like learning a pattern. And mm-hmm. so you really have to focus on that. And maybe in doing that, you're also focusing on the breath. I, I don't know. 
You know, I I, I think I I just learned something. I'm going to do it for 90 seconds three times a day. This uh, along with my diet, and let and I'll report on you, report to you to see how effective I've been, because hmm. uh, this breathing and the deep breathing um, appears to be a challenge to me. And hmm. uh, you know, I've learned to sit up straight. And mm-hmm. thanks to our, uh, our radio show, Voices for Elder Care Advocacy, I was told that if I sit up straight, that my voice projects better, that I don't have to be always leaning over and working. But by the way, who told you that? Do you remember? Uh, I have a speech, you know, I'm blessed with a co-host who was, the, who was a speech specialist. It told so. you if you sit up straight, right, you'll have more energy. You'll Exactly. Right, and exactly. I'm practicing that. And today I noticed that when I came and I sat on my chair and with my microphone and I my uh, back is straight. So oh, cool. you know, we can make good habits if we keep on supporting each other and reminding each other. And uh, and I'm really thankful to you for uh, for that. So next thing can be between the two of us supporting each other to to deepen our breath and uh, absolutely and i definitely want to do that you know they say that it takes 21 times to either break or form a new habit right um i i actually um in doing this presentation, this seminar, the last, this workshop, I should say the last, the last week for three days. So the second day, I would, I also did some mindfulness exercise and what I try exercises, what I told people was, this is not an easy thing, by the way, this is not something like, Oh, I'm going to be mindful or now I'm going to breathe better. You have to actually schedule it as part of your day. Uh, because you have to practice it in order to get better at it. So I, I gave them a little task to do um, from day two to three, and that was that I asked everybody the next time they brushed their teeth to use the opposite hand than the one they're used to doing it with. Oh, why? Uh, so the next day I asked them how many people did that. Well, most people forgot. Why? Because you brush your teeth automatically. You do all of these things okay. automatically. It's almost like reflex, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to really think about it. it. Was It was about being mindful. You have to concentrate on that. The other thing is how awkward it felt to do it with your opposite hand. And the reason I wanted, the reason, what I was trying to convey to them is some of these things are not comfortable, Mm-hmm. And in order for them to become habit, for them to become comfortable, you have to practice them. And and sometimes we have to do things that are uncomfortable in order to get better at something else. Got it. Got it. Got it. So I just need to continue practicing until it becomes comfortable. Right. Until, and until it, take, it becomes normal. It, it, it mm-hmm. takes time. It, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing because you you breathe without thinking about it. It's part of your autonomic nervous system. You don't have to think about, okay, I'm going to take a breath now. It just happens. Thank goodness. I mean, there are people that do have to think about it. Mm-hmm. But because we don't, you wouldn't think about consciously breathing because you don't have to think about breathing. Uh, Phyllis, we've mentioned several times in, in this show, your workshops, and that's where you met uh, met uh, James. Can you give our readers just a synopsis of what wonderful workshops that you're doing right now and what the title is so that those that haven't met you in a professional sense before get a feeling for the depth of knowledge that you bring to this, uh, uh, this arena? Oh, sure. Thanks. So I actually am very gratified that it was um, some nursing home owners that asked me to do this workshop, which says a lot to me about them. So it was on communication and empathy, improving behavioral outcomes. So uh, I think in their mind initially, uh, they wanted to the staff to be able to provide better care to their residents, which is a wonderful thing. Um, and, and in order to do that, it's about connecting with people, like James says, and, and being more empathetic. People think they're empathetic, but uh, 
they don't realize some of the things that, that they say that are not empathetic and how they could rephrase things to make people uh, feel more comfortable. There are medical schools now doing training in empathy for physicians. You you think that physicians are empathetic, but they've started to look at people as their diseases or their uh, their ailments and uh, think about their prescriptions uh, rather than thinking of people. So uh, this has become quite a an area of of interest on many levels, and so um, in doing it though, what I tr- there's a wonderful video. Um, I would hope our listeners maybe would be interested to go uh, watch it. It's the Cleveland Clinic uh, video on empathy, and it's it's really quite moving. And the idea of why I presented this was that everybody has something going on in their lives uh, that people don't know about, either in the past or the present. Everybody brings their own issues to whatever situation they're in. And um, so did the staff people. So did the residents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to become aware of that. And so if you're in touch with and become more aware of all of this, you can be more empathetic to the next person. So I was also using it as a team building strategy. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Phyllis, I'm going to make a big request. Okay. That that over the next few weeks, we schedule uh, a program on empathy. I I really like the the simple example that you gave us, you know, of uh, changing habits and, you know, using your other hand. And I'm sure you have lots of other tricks (laughs) <laughs> that we can all that we can all use and benefit from, and uh, you know, and yes, we're looking for guest speakers, and yes, we're looking for different topics. But I think we also need to bring forward the wealth that is here within the team that we have, and that is yourself and Anupala and me. And I think we can uh, share a lot of our insights, lessons learned, uh, as well with the listeners. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Um, yeah, I mean, there are several other, obviously, workshops that I do. I do one on caregiving and uh, several other areas. But, but then, uh, uh, then I think over, is a great one. I think over time, let's schedule the topics of your workshops as a show topic. That would be my big ask. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think it could be great for the listeners and... Um, you know, maybe it will, um, hopefully it will have some beneficial effects well, I, of, for people on an individual basis. You know what I mean? Right. I definitely look forward to listening to each one of the topics, Phyllis. Thank you very, very much. And we're now coming to the end of our show. And I want to thank our listeners and thank our speaker, James Lindsay, and invite our guests to join us next week, uh, Mondays, 2 p.m., Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on Voice America Empowerment Channel. Thank you, everybody, and have a great week. Thank you for listening this week to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Please join your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Robina Chaudhry, again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.